0: You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network.
1: Welcome back to Real Presence Live. You're listening across the Real Presence Radio Network uh, from Fargo, North Dakota. To all points from Rochester to Wyoming and Duluth and Superior, Wisconsin, and all points in between. Uh, We're just so blessed to have you with us here uh, listening to Real Presence Live this morning. My name is Nathan Sather. I'm your host today, uh, joining you from the Fargo studio, which looks a little bit differently than the weather we've been having for most of the summer. A little more precipitation, which was a huge blessing for us. We're very thankful to the Lord for providing us with some moisture that falls from the sky. And we're also thankful to the Lord for providing us with our next guest here this morning. We're going to be joined by Father Charles Freebowl. He is at the Cathedral of Our Lady of the Rosary, an excellently named cathedral, by the way, uh, in Duluth, Minnesota and he's going to talk to us a little bit about some Catholic devotions and learning what they are. Father Charlie, welcome to Real Presence Live.
2: Well, thank you for having me.
1: Oh, well, it's a great blessing to have you here. I always enjoy uh, the folks that we have on from Duluth uh, through just strange coincidence. I actually have quite a few co-workers who were originally from the Duluth area, and they all tell us how beautiful it is and the things that you share when I've been hosting on the radio from the Duluth area. It just seems like such a wonderful, faithful community. It's just always a blessing to have you folks on.
2: Oh, yes. It is a beautiful diocese.
1: (laughs) So tell us a little bit about yourself, Father Charlie, and the work that you do there at the cathedral.
2: Yeah. um, So I've been ordained five years now. I was ordained in uh, 2016, and um, I have this summer was assigned as associate pastor here at the cathedral in St. Mary star of the sea downtown. And so, um, and it's just, uh, you know, doing the normal priest stuff here uh, as an associate. And, uh, yeah, it's a little weird with COVID things, but things are a little bit more normal, but, uh, it's just a very nice place to, to say mass for the people, hear confessions, uh, and help people, you know, in their devotional life is is just another beautiful thing that I love doing as a priest here.
1: Wonderful. So tell us a little bit about what Catholic devotions are if someone's listening and isn't entirely certain what we're talking about, Father.
2: Yeah, um, so devotion is just pretty much basically just giving worship to God. And so Catholic devotions are just those different ways that we can give uh, worship to God And, you know, the greatest devotion of them all is, you know, Mass, but we also know other Catholic devotions that we have are, you know, like the Rosary that we can pray, um, uh, Stations of the Cross, which many are familiar with in Lent, um, and the list can go on and on of, you know, just uh, different devotions that different groups have or devotions to saints, and they all, in the end, lead us uh, to that greater love and worship uh, to God.
1: Now, I'm, I'm always kind of interested in how things get started. Um, like, I know some devotions obviously are pretty obvious, like the uh, devotion for the Divine Mercy Chaplet comes from mm-hmm. St. Faustina in Poland here, just, I mean, very recently in our own time. I mean, it's kind of strange for me to think about, but sometimes I'll think like, St. Thomas Aquinas never prayed the Divine Mercy Chaplet, right? Or, you know, St. Yeah. Thomas More never prayed the Divine Mercy Chaplet because it wasn't around, but... You've mentioned some devotions that are, you know, kind of familiar to us. Do you know any of the history or background of some of those devotions, how they were started and where they came from?
2: Yeah, so like um, the rosary is kind of like uh, a nice one to just start with. That's one that, you know, people are pretty familiar with. And if you look at it originally, um, you know, there was 150 like Hail Marys that we would say. And that kind of came from the the essence of there's 150 psalms. And so within the liturgy, the hours, like, priests and religious are, you know, praying the psalms. And that was a way that people that, uh, you know, couldn't pray the psalms, they would say, you know, originally it was like 150 Our Fathers just to kind of, you know, keep that prayer life going. And then it kind of evolved into uh, the rosary of 150 Hail Marys, uh, you know, giving those in honor of Our Lady and asking for Her intercession, and then, you know, adding in those uh, mysteries to help us, you know, reflect on that life of Christ um, to bring us closer uh, into that aspect. So that's kind of like a basic way of how, like, the rosary got developed. But like you said, other things have come through, you know, mystics being revealed. Other things have naturally grown out of life, like, you know, trying to pray the Psalms, but not having time and uh, evolving into
1: the Rosary. So, so just to make sure I understood this right, I'm, I'm I'm a student here as well, I'm learning things. So the if I understood you correctly, the Liturgy of the Hours, the way priests and religious mm-hmm. are supposed to pray each day, including the Psalms, the Rosary was a way in which to be mindful that we're praying this prayer as a truncated way of remembering the Psalms as well. Did did I understand that right?
2: Yeah, that's like originally how it, uh, how it involved, because um, it's not necessarily that you're praying the Psalms, but it's a reminder of like that scriptural uh, basis that we have. And um, there's that 150 Psalms, so it's like a nice, easy number to uh, replicate.
1: Sure. So, so <laughs> I, I can already hear the conversations I'm going to have with my kids. So, uh, the, the rosary, in a, in a certain sense, the, the three original um, sets of mysteries, are a shorter way of praying the 150 psalms. So, we should be happy praying the rosary as opposed to my kids now who only want to pray one decade of the rosary as a short way of praying the rosary. Is, is, that, a, is that a fair analogy?
2: Yeah, yeah, um, you know, and we don't all have time to pray all the mysteries, but, uh, you know, it is like a beautiful way just to, to remind ourselves that I think there's always like hidden uh, things behind what we do, um, and so, uh, you know, it's like, yeah, it could be even more, you know, longer, because to pray 150 psalms is long, but to pray 150 Hail Marys is a lot shorter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: And, and like in your own life as a priest, I'm sure you've been blessed by certain devotions or doing devotions. Can you share with us just a little bit of how they help you to grow in deeper love and communion with Jesus?
2: Yeah, I think for me, uh, you know, devotions are just a beautiful way that, you know, they reflect different mysteries of our faith and different things help me in different times of my life. Um, So sometimes, you know, the rosary is my main thing. Sometimes, like you said, divine mercy chaplet. Other times it's just, you know, praying to the angels, the saints, um, and, you know, the Sacred Heart and the Immaculate Heart of Mary have been big devotions of me, just helping me experience that mercy and love of God.
1: And. Are there are there ways in which you 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 do that at different times like you mentioned sometimes you like the rosary sometimes you like this is this yeah. just the prompting of the spirit or how are you guided through these different devotions father
2: yeah sometimes it's that and other times um, I kind of try to focus on there's like a tradition of you know each day having a little different aspect and each month having a different aspect so um you know the weekdays are kind of uh, kind of a nice thing where I can kind of focus more on something, and then also just those monthly things.
1: And, and for those of us, maybe like myself, who aren't entirely certain what you mean by the rotation of daily and monthly devotions, what what exactly are those, Father? I'm very interested.
2: Oh, yeah. so So Sundays are, you know, the resurrection, you know, just like Easter. And then Mondays are kind of set aside for, you know, the Holy Spirit, praying for the souls in purgatory, Uh, Tuesday is for the Holy Angels, Uh, Wednesday is for St. Joseph, which, you know, a lot of people, since it's the year of St. Joseph, have come to realize that, you know, there's a day set aside for him. Um, Thursday is uh, for the Blessed Sacrament, the Eucharist, Um, Friday for the Passion of Christ and Sacred Heart, and then Saturday, the Blessed Virgin and her Immaculate Heart.
1: And so are there, like, prayers associated with this, or how is that, you know, practically lived out for people?
2: Yeah. So, you know, different people have different devotions to different things. So um, like St. Joseph is on Wednesdays. And so that's like one that, um, you know, this year people have been finding out that there's a lot of different devotions to St. Joseph. There's a lot of different prayers. And I think certain prayers and devotions are, you know, easier for certain people to enter in than other people. And so I think it's kind of, you know, looking around of you know which ones kind of speak to me on this this aspect.
1: Oh, so so people can essentially use the um, I don't know if library is the right word, but the library of of the prayers and and things that we've been handed on by the saints in the church to kind of make our own prayer life correspond to these seven uh, different mm-hmm. daily events or or people that we. Can celebrate and and unite ourselves with did i did i get that pretty close
2: yeah yeah that's good um yeah because you know i mean we even look at like you know the spiritual life of um of like the different religious orders you know like the passionists are going to you know be more uh things to do with the passion and so they might you know like on a saturday be more drawn to our lady of sorrows where you know a normal person you know they might have more of Affinity to another patron of Our Lady and maybe the Immaculate Heart. So there's going to be kind of different uh, longings for different devotions. You know, even with Our Lady, there's so many different titles.
1: Well, and this is one of the things I think is really beautiful about being Catholic. Um, you know, I'm learning so much myself here talking to you today. Um, oftentimes, I think we forget as Catholics, and I certainly think the culture doesn't realize this when they look at us. Like there's so much freedom in Catholicism. It's not so regimented like you have to do this, you have to do that. The church is basically just like train tracks. And as long as we stay on the train tracks, the church is like, hey, you can go whatever direction you want to. If you prefer this kind of devotion or you prefer this way of honoring St. Joseph, just go ahead and do it. It's almost uh, overwhelming just how much freedom we have uh, in Catholicism in those ways. You know, As long as we maintain the magisterial teaching of the church to become authentically Uh, the people that God wants us to be and so we'll touch on that a little bit more as we come back on the other side of the break talking to Father Charlie uh, from uh, the cathedral there in Duluth talking about devotions and you're listening to Real Presence Live across the Real Presence Radio Network
0: Stay with us, there's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network Choose the number one nursing program in the nation, the University of Mary. Of more than 2,000 nursing programs nationwide, Mary is ranked number one by the National Benchmarking Service Mountain Measurement. 100% of our graduates pass their certification on the first try. And eligible nursing students receive their senior year of tuition free. Choose the best nursing program in the nation. Check us out at umary.edu nursing. That's umary.edu nursing.
3: From that first moment of our earthly lives in our mother's womb, God blesses us with his personal messenger, his his guardian angel, who will be with us for the rest of our earthly lives, whether we live a day or a hundred years. That's relative, but what we know, and to be true, is that these Angels, our guardians, our protectors, are divinely uh, gifted to each of us. And uh, what a blessing! I mean, it, it's almost hard to put into words what it should mean to any of us to have this personal guardian angel for the entire duration of our earthly lives.
0: Listening to Real Presence Live now. Back to more inspirational and uplifting stories, and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area, heard right here on the RPR Network.
1: Welcome back to Real Presence Live. You're listening across the Real Presence Radio Network. I am your host this morning, Nathan Sather, joining you from Fargo. It's a beautiful morning here, and uh, I was just talking here with Father Charlie about some Catholic devotions, and I mentioned. A little bit about the freedom that we have in Catholicism as Father Charlie was guiding us here into learning more about devotions to not become, you know, a certain kind of Christian, but become the Christian that God authentically wants us to be. And I ran out of time there towards the end, but I was going to mention that I enjoy reading conversion stories. And there is a conversion story of a woman uh, who was a in a presbyterian background and she was doing missionary work in south uh, america i don't remember if it was brazil or peru or exactly where they were and that part of the story escapes my memory but the thing that i always remembered about her story was she's teaching these people in south america to te- to sing like dutch hymns from like the 16th century or or whatever the case may be and she's like why are why are we teaching these people to essentially become Dutch Christians? like why aren't they authentically Brazilian Christians or Peruvian Christians, or whatever the case may be? And I just wanted to bounce that back to you, Father Charlie you know what 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 are some of your thoughts about the freedom that Catholicism allows us to not be pigeonholed into a certain type of people that came from a certain specific period in a specific time, but rather Authentically, have this opportunity to become exactly the kind of Christian God wants me specifically to be.
2: Yeah, and, um, you know, I think it's it's easy for us as Catholics to be like, oh, this saint did this prayer or this devotion, so I have to do it. Or, you know, so many saints and popes, you know, they'll talk about how beautiful the rosary is, and now it is a beautiful devotion, but for some people, you know, it can be just. You know, it's run out of time in the day to just get that that devotion in. And, you know, we even look at, I think, just the the beauty of the freedom of, you know, how many different religious orders we have and how they live out their life differently. And just the development of, you know, over time of how different um, uh, uh, devotions have developed in different places and uh, you know, we don't—if we just stick to one, sometimes we lose the beauty of those other ones. And I think, like, a beautiful thing I always remember is uh, St. Alphonsus Liguria. We talk about how, you know, it's, we all need, like, a devotion to Mary every day just to obtain those graces that she can obtain for us from our Lord. And uh, if we if we put too much pressure on ourselves saying, like, oh, I have to pray a rosary every single day— um, you know, there's sometimes that we might miss a rosary. So he'd say, no, the simple way to remedy that is just, you know, say three Hail Marys every day in the morning and the evening, just praying for purity and holiness in our life. And how something just like that simple in our devotional life uh, can, you know, produce miracles and conversions. And often we can think that we have to do these extraordinary things, but a lot of times even those just simple devotions done well. Uh, can produce a lot of food in our life.
1: Mm, Very beautiful. Well said, Father. I love it. Uh, You did mention a little bit about devotions being able to not just go through the days, but even um, over the course of different months, have different devotions and whatnot. Uh, Can you share a little bit about that with us as well? I'm I'm very intrigued.
2: Yeah. So traditionally, like the different months have different devotions uh, placed on them, and it usually had to do with Uh, You know, maybe there was a feast day that month dealing with that or something else. And so throughout the year, there's, uh, you know, if you look up on the Internet, you can find it just, like, Catholic months. Sometimes, like, calendars will say, like, you know, June, the Sacred Heart of Jesus, Uh, May, the month of Mary, Uh, October, the Holy Rosary, November, the Poor Souls in Purgatory, Uh, and so on and so forth, and... It's just a way to remind ourselves that, you know, this this is a month that we can help grow in our devotion to that aspect of our faith and to allow that to, to feed us.
1: You know, I'm laughing at myself because when you mentioned that, like our family every November, we we got one of the deacons in our diocese gave us a little book one year, um, something like prayer Prayer for the Holy Souls or something like that, and you take it mm-hmm. one day, it's got 30 different little sections in it, one for each day. And we pray that as a family in November. And I never even really thought of it as being, like, our monthly devotion. But some of the things you mentioned I was familiar with. I just had no idea I was familiar with them. It was kind of uh, embarrassing, actually. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, no, it's. Uh, I think a lot of people, you know, it's just kind of a thing that's been lost. But sometimes we're doing these things without even realizing them because they're just kind of, you know, ingrained into that Catholic culture. So, like you said you know, November, because of All Souls Day. Um, you know, we just get reminded over and over to pray for the souls in purgatory, um, even though we don't say, you know, this is the month of the poor souls. We don't hear that, uh, but it's just a thing that we just naturally do.
1: Right, yeah, beautiful. Now, we're almost done with August, so I'll, I'll pass on August if you don't mind. What, what's the upcoming one for September? I'm curious.
2: Oh, so September is Our Lady of Sorrows. Um, her feast day is, uh, September 15th. And so it's kind of a month, uh, you know, sometimes we think like sorrow and it's bad. Um, but if we remember the prophecy of Simeon when he was speaking to Our Lady, you know, he said that her heart would be pierced. So like the heart of many uh, would be revealed. And so, uh, the month of September is a beautiful time to just. Uh, build a relationship with Our Lady of Sorrows. And she has that beautiful ability when we uh, build that relationship with her to uh, to help reveal those inner longings of our heart. Sometimes, you know, it's revealing those places that help us to grow in love with God. Sometimes it's revealing, you know, hurts and wounds in our life that, you know, cause us not to move forward so that we can find healing for those.
1: Yeah, and, then, and uh, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead, go ahead, Father.
2: Oh, you you can go.
1: Oh, no, no, by all means, please, I didn't mean to be rude.
2: Yeah, and and um, and I think, like, if there's traditionally seven sorrows of Our Lady. I don't remember them off the top of my head. Um, but uh, an easy way to just do that if we don't have a lot of time is just, you know, seven Hail Marys in uh, honor of those seven sorrows. And then there's another devotion, um, is Our Lady of Sorrows Rosary. So unlike the um, normal rosary that we pray, this has, you know, seven different mysteries on the seven sorrows of Mary. Instead of ten Hail Marys, it has, uh, you know, seven Hail Marys just praying uh, for those seven sorrows.
1: Yeah, you know, is that the really weird rosary that my daughter got one time as a gift and I had no idea what it was is there like a legitimate different kind of rosary bead set up for the the seven sorrows of mary
2: oh yeah you know people bring in different rosaries different chaplets and um you know that's one that you know I'll get every once in a while someday saying yeah I don't I don't I don't realize I thought this is different and so if you count and there's seven different uh beads and there's seven mysteries Um, for all those. That's usually Our Lady of Sorrow's rosary. Okay. Um, But there are also different chaplets, like there's uh, the St. Michael chaplet, you know, that has the nine choirs of angels with uh, the three beads in between. And so there's sometimes, you know, people get them as gifts. Sometimes they'll find them and, you know, they'll bring them saying, you know, what exactly is this?
1: Well, yeah, that's what happened to my daughter. I don't even remember who gave the gift because they. I remember it was one of the gifts that you know we had gotten in the mail that we couldn't you know wasn't someone that was there at the at her confirmation celebration. Mm-hmm. But it was this like gigantic rosary. Like I have no idea what this is. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, and there's um, and there's like different rosaries, like the Franciscan Crown Rosary, which is a little different. Sometimes you have the rosary with um all the decades on it, and so it's just super massive. So, you know, there's different, different ones. So sometimes, you know, you, you can find them by going on the Internet, but sometimes just asking a priest, have you ever seen this before? Do you know what it is? is a helpful way to try to figure out those.
1: Yeah, I, uh, I did look up the seven sorrows uh, while we were chatting here. Uh, I'm, I'm sure people were curious. I'm one of those people who's curious. Uh, the prophecy of Simeon, Mm-hmm. The flight into Egypt, the loss of the child Jesus in the temple, Mary's meeting Jesus on the Via Dolorosa. The, I think that's the fourth station uh, of the cross. Uh, mm-hmm. The crucifixion of Jesus, Jesus being taken down from the cross, and his burial um, by Joseph of Arimathea. At least that's according to Google. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. <those laughs> not, sound right. not always
1: a great. Uh, <laughs> uh, a Catholic, is, is, Is that maybe not correct? Is that not what what you're familiar with?
2: No, no, I think that's right. And um, yeah, and there's like, if you, you know, I think Google can be our friend a lot of times because, you know, I even have friends that, uh, you know, they pray the rosary every day, but they still in their pocket keep, you know, the mysteries of the rosary because it's very easy to, you know, forget exactly what the order and stuff is, so You know, not to feel ashamed if you have to Google how to pray, you know, different devotions.
1: Sure. Yeah, and and just just for clarification, uh, if Mary is sinless and the loss of the child Jesus in the temple happened, losing your child at SeaWorld is not necessarily a sin. So rest assured all those parents, right, especially those (laughs) Catholic families that got more than two kids, Losing your child is not inherently sinful. may not be the best thing, but it's not necessarily sinful. So uh, I, I did no. lose one of my children at SeaWorld for a short period of time. Definitely had yeah. some panic. <laughs>
2: yes, yes.
1: Well, we've got about a minute left, Father. Anything you'd like to conclude with? And, of course, I'd like to ask you to bless us and our listeners here.
2: Yeah, and I think... Um You know, I think just being open to those different devotions, you know, just asking the Holy Spirit to guide us to, uh, you know, which devotions we should go seek out, um, just to try to find out, you know, where it is, because they do open up another level of that spiritual life for us.
1: Beautiful, beautiful. And your blessing, please, Father?
2: Uh, May Almighty God bless you all. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit.
1: Amen. Amen. All right, thank you so much, Father Charlie. We appreciate you joining us this morning on Real Presence Live.
2: Okay, thank you.
1: Up next in our next segment, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the way that our children can learn more about St. Joseph, which Father Charlie has just taught us. The day to be devoted to St. Joseph is on Wednesday. So learn about it on Friday, then do these things with your kids on Wednesday and if you'll listen to us here uh, with Real Presence Live across the Real Presence Radio Network, we'll get into that in just a
0: moment. Live, engaging, and local, this is Real Presence Live, where we bring you positive and uplifting stories and share the great things happening in our local area on the Real Presence Radio Network.